Hey, it's Keith. If you're a lover of audio drama like I am, you need to know about the Apollo app. Apollo is designed around audio drama, so finding your next story is easy. You can always listen through Apollo for free, but there's also the Apollo Plus subscription. With it, you get ad-free listening, exclusives, and other bonus content for over 40 shows. And 70% of the revenue on Apollo Plus goes to those creators. Join Apollo Plus through the Apollo Podcasts app or apollopods.com. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of a podcast about audio drama and the creative process. I'm W. Keith Timms, writer and podcaster, creator of The Book of Constellations. In this show, I listen to the first episode of an audio drama, then have a discussion with the creators about the show, their methods, their struggles, and successes. Today, we're discussing the first episode of Z1. In a world where everything... That's the voice you're going with, is it? What's wrong with that? Hold on. In a world... No, wait, that's more like Jeremy Clarkson. In a world... Yep, that's the one. That's the one. Right. In a world where everything has changed. Everyone has left or, or died or died and come back to life or died and come back to life and died again. Are you done? Yeah, I think those are all the options. Well, there's the- Created by husband and wife team Aaron and Katie Huggett, the homepage describes Z1 as a lockdown like no other. Just as society begins to recover from one virus, another comes along to take its place. Only this one is... Oh, let's just say, a bit more mobile. It's even reached the docile town of Farringdon, where husband and wife sit and wait and wait and do a bit more waiting. This will all blow over, right? Can their marriage survive? Can any of us survive? Z1 is a satirical take on the zombie apocalypse genre, following a rather ordinary husband and wife navigating the end of society as we know it. The couple not only has to deal with questions of food, water, and safety, and whether they must resort to eating her mother's cake, but questions about their relationship, too. Z1 approaches these themes with humor and wit. The couple argue, complain, and needle each other, and yet, behind it all, there is love and affection. The first episode of Z1 finds the couple running out of supplies. Having been in lockdown, they must now consider going out. I spoke with Aaron and Katie via Zoom. Can you tell me a little bit about what your show is about? Uh, well, we might have different opinions here. <laughs> I think that's great. Uh, but, yeah, for me, it's about a conflict, physical with zombies, but also emotional with a, a sturdy but, you know, shakeable relationship. It's not always roses. We've picked that up pretty much from the get-go in episode one when we're kind of arguing with, with each other and uh, second-guessing each other. So there is a relationship there, and it's obvious that there's love there, but it's also kind of cracking, you know, straight away. Uh, and this situation, this virus has kind of put that uh, relationship under a bit of extra pressure, and they kind of have to find themselves, I think, and, and get some stealth and, and get some of their uh, their fire back. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same path, you know. <laughs> It's about a couple who have been through a lot together. You know, they're pretty sturdy already, but this has shaken them, as it would. Uh, but it's all about finding each other again, I think. Finding yourself, how to survive, how to kill off the zombies and protect each other, but also learning about each other, things that you would never have known. 
yeah, I think a, a zombie situation would uh, would certainly test that. <laughs> you know, obviously there's comparisons to the COVID situation. You actually mm-hmm. mentioned that in your first episode. Was yeah. was that an inspiration for for this? No, <laughs> um, weirdly, because weirdly enough, if the first episode was written about six months before COVID even happened. So I kind of we we kind of had to write COVID into the story just to make it more relatable because everyone's gone through a lockdown and give some empathy, I think, to the characters because we have all experienced that stress that lockdown has put people under. Writing COVID become a thing, and it really was. I was hanging on. We was hanging on to the uh, to the first episode for a good year because COVID was a changing situation. And if it was too dangerous, if it killed too many people, and it has killed a lot of people, but if it if it becomes something that the scientists first feared, we probably wouldn't have gone ahead at all. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, we didn't I can... want to upset anybody at all. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that that does make me wonder then, if it wasn't the COVID experience that led to you wanting to write this, what what did? What was your inspiration for this piece? It's something really stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But have you ever heard of a um, a Netflix show called Doomsday Preppers? I have not seen it, but I have heard of it, yes. So it's about Americans mainly. Yes, of course. uh, That that are... (laughs) that are preparing for the end of the world, no matter what that could be. And the inspiration was simply a reality check, because in the UK, you could never do this kind of end of world preparation. We don't have the land. We don't have the space. You know, we don't have the weapons. We don't have anything that went into the thoughts of these people when they was uh, you know, preparing for the end of the world. Uh, we struggle with snow. When it snows, you know, this entire country falls apart. Same what? thing with floods. Same things if you get a get a pew without a U in Scrabble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, I I live in the southern southeast United States, so we we have a similar problem with snow. We like to make a joke that when it snows, everyone runs to the grocery store. We buy up all the bread and milk. Um, yeah, it's the same here. <laughs> well, apparently, milk sandwiches are the way to get through a snowstorm. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so you were saying about your inspiration? Yeah, the preppers. Yeah, so it was basically just a pun on that situation whereby, you know, we are totally underprepared in the UK. So normal life, you know, dictates that you can't be properly prepared for a for a, uh, an apop- apocalyptic situation. So that's how it all come yeah. about. But hold on, wait, wait, wait. Are you saying these secretary guys didn't have a plan for this already? For a zombie invasion? Yeah. <laughs> no. Why would they? Why not? I mean, after COVID, did they not think to strategize for any eventuality? So, if stepladders suddenly started attacking people, you'd expect your leaders to have plans and guidelines? When stepladders attack, Thursday, Channel 5, 9pm. <laughs> Why stepladders? I don't know. Pick any inanimate object. Dead people were inanimate too before this. The point is, they've got no plans. They were probably just more prepared for an infestation of murder hornets. Do you guys work together? Do you do you split the load? Do you uh, you know who does what? Uh, Katie does Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't do a lot of it. I, I do the acting, and, and she's a, a far better actor than me. I have to say, we put it into a, a kind of situation where it's written the way we, we would normally talk to each other. That makes it easier for us, and it makes it more relatable for people who have these kind of relationships that are married. It's it's a kind of uh, an ebb and flow 
so it makes it easier that way. When I come to writing it, it's, it's kind of written by me on our behalf. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Katie is involved. Uh, I just... have sometimes if I, if I think of a scene that I think would fit, yeah, or a conversation that would fit, then I'll I'll write it down and I'll pass it on, and Aaron will try and include it if it if he thinks it would work. But apart from that, Aaron does ninety nine percent of the writing and all of the editing. How far ahead have you have do you have your episodes written? Do you have like two or three shows ready to go or uh yeah, so at the moment with uh, I'm still writing season two. We've got another two or three, I would say that uh that are recordable. But uh other than that, I'll I'll need to find time and, and crack on. Getting back to what you, we were talking about earlier about the dialogue and this and the scenes and that sort of thing, one of the things that I really like about your show is that it does sound like you guys are a bickering married couple. Um, <laughs> I, I really enjoy the the little digs that you give to each other, but at the same time, there's love there. What is your opinion of marriage and how does that influence what you're doing with the, the podcast? Katie, why don't you uh, answer that one first? <laughs> <laughs> Passing the buck. All right. <laughs> I'll just agree with that. Uh, at the end. <laughs> you can't do that. That's not fair. My opinion is that marriage is forever. Marriage is something that you, you shouldn't take lightly. And when me and Aaron first got together, I was dead against marriage. I didn't want to sign a piece of paper and sign my life away. But after being with him for 12 years, we decided, you know, we're in this for the long haul. And I think a lot of that comes into the podcast. We're in it for the long haul. We're in this to the end. We're, we're fighting for each other. Or until I write that you die. <laughs> <laughs> you are the writer, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, the, the old marriage vows for better or for worse. And I, and I think that the married couple in your show certainly are going through some of the worst times. Aaron, what, what do you think about marriage? I think it's, uh, it's a combined strength of two souls, really. It's um, two people that love each other that are stronger as one. I think that does show in, in the episodes that we write. Strengthened even more by the fact that we have children, although they're not in the actual podcast. Um, but, you know, you don't always have to have kids to, to be in that position. So how close to you in real life are the characters in Z1? Really, really close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's just a, a slight extension of ourselves. I yeah. mean, it's much easier to write from experience, obviously. So, you know, I'm not a professional writer, so you write what you know. And I know us and I know Katie and I know myself. So, you know, it's a case of just getting a little bit of comedic value out of that relationship. Uh, but m some of the things in the, uh, that we've that we've wrote for the episodes have actually happened. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, oh, wow, yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, so, yeah, they come from personal experience. Do, do, you, uh, have a, do you have a downstairs neighbour who plays the trumpet? <laughs> <laughs> that's tough for a scrawny guy. How did it go? Oh, it was an epic battle. After we tussled for about five minutes, I hit him with a chair hit him with his trumpet, and trust me, that really felt good. And then I kicked him around, I DDT'd him. Sorry, you DDT'd him? Yeah, it's a wrestling move. What are you, 12? Uh, <laughs> no, but that is based on, you know, a former annoying neighbour. It was just someone that needed to be outed. <laughs> but, uh, people, people come and ask us from Farringdon because we have local listeners, you know, are you talking about us or are you, are you talking about is your character based on this person or that person? Uh, so that, that's, uh, that's interesting. That's, uh, that's questions that we like to avoid locally. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to the locals. <laughs> what is your long-term plan for Z1? Did you have any kind of like 
okay, I'm going to tell this story and we're going to get to this point and I want to include this theme or is this more something you're doing, you're feeling like you can continue it and then as new things present themselves, you can sort of write them in. Where do you, what are your feelings about that? We was always going to kind of evaluate it after season one had finished and that was based on whether it was well-received, whether we liked doing it. I mean, podcasting is a hobby for us too, so we have a lot of fun doing it as well. I hope Katie will agree with that. I'm jabbing over a pencil right now. Uh, uh, But it's, uh, you know, season two is obviously obviously a thing. If it still remains fairly popular, then we're still having fun with it, then we'll carry on. Like you say, you know, current events could come into play uh, and there's uh, there's always options for more and more. Katie, are you having fun with it? I am having fun with it. I do enjoy recording. It's such a laugh. We have so many bloopers mm. of us just giggling at each other. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good hobby for a couple to be into, I think. Yeah. So I'd give that advice. Aaron, you said you're not a professional writer. And Katie, do you have any, any writing or, or performing experience or anything like that? No, no, not really. Uh, I did a little bit of performing at school, but just the same as everyone else, really. I actually like performing music more than acting, but mm. I'm really enjoying the, doing the podcast. I'm not a professional actor, but I do think I have some hidden talents there. Oh. <laughs> you do, you do. I think that's kind of relatable. If you're creative, then I think you can do a fairly decent job at most things. So you're a good musician. So, I mean, that I think helps. Me, I have zero talent. <laughs> he lies. No, uh, I think you're being a little too modest. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, no, I mean, I, this is the first episode of, and so the focus is on the first episode, but there's some really funny moments in the first app that I, I think are great. I mean, I really love, okay, so this is from me being in the United States, but it seems to be, to be a very British humor kind of show. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I agree that. I mean, there's just the sort of matter of fact acceptance of zombies like, oh, well, they're zombies now. And you're putting all the important arguments on the wrong things, like arguing over, do you call them patient zero? Or you call them something else or the yes. name of the, of the government, you know, this sort of uh, complaining about things which aren't the real important things to complain about. Is, is, yeah, that, how you, is that how the Americans perceive British people <laughs> to do on a regular? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I always think there's that sort of dry absurd quality to a lot of it you know where the the humor comes from the fact that people are either getting really upset over things which they shouldn't be or not getting upset over something that they ought to be and throughout it it's all this sort of rather calm stiff upper lip all that kind of stuff yeah it's 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 the uh, it's to keep calm and carry on kind of you know situation that we have and that's that's driven through most of our humor on top of its ridiculousness really yeah, I, I love the little joke about Edna, the old lady who's now moving faster now that she's a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look that bad out there for the time being, but... How many did you say they were out there earlier? Mm, six. Mm, I count nine. And her first female. Oh, it's Edna. Do you remember? From number 55. Oh, poor thing. How old was she? Fairly old. I'm guessing 80-something. Jesus. She's actually moving faster as a zombie. Being infected must have really perked her up. Not not based on anyone that we <laughs> <laughs> The other thing I kind of think is interesting is that there was the scene where you go down into the uh, the neighbor's apartment down below you and you find out about his life in ways that you didn't normally know just because you'd never been there, didn't know him. I, I think there's something 
both funny and fascinating about the fact that, you know, here we are in this post-apocalypse and the zombies, and, and we're suddenly learning things about our neighbors that we only know now that they're gone. And I, and I know this is you're, you're primarily doing this for laughs, but I also think you're, you're pointing towards something a little more poignant, I think, in terms of people's relationships, not just husband and wife, although that's certainly important, but also with the neighbors and, and what's going on around us and the assumptions we make about the people that we live 50 feet from. Yeah. Is that something you're consciously thinking about when you're when you're working on on your scripts? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it, you know, it, like I say, we do base this off, off of our real life. You know, we live in a, in a block of four other houses and we only know one other person. So you don't really know your neighbors all, all that well. And it's a kind of thing that's been lost, I think, over the last couple of generations. We don't talk to each other as much as possibly our, uh, our grandparents or parents used to do with their neighbors. And that has a kind of deeper connotation to how self-involved we've all become. Yeah, we delve deeper into that later in the series, don't we? Mm. And the fact that we we find other treasures in our town that we didn't know were there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I agree. It just takes the world to, to figure that stuff out. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it does. <laughs> Tell our listeners, do you have an overall narrative? Is there sort of an overarching story or is this more of an episodic, this is the life of these couple as they um, navigate this post-apocalypse. It kind of splits into to three, I think, three parts, the first episode. So the first part is the explanation. It's, it's, the, it's the most serious stuff, and it's probably the, the part that people need to pay attention to if they're listening. And this is how it all comes about, what's happening, and then it's our take on that as a, as a couple. The second part is when I go out adventuring and realize that I can't stay in. We can't ride this out. We actually have to do something. And that, that's when more comedy starts to come into it. And I think the third uh, and final part with the zombie fight at the end is, is setting up for the rest of the season because it's more slapstick and it's more ridiculous. So it kind of sets up that episode two. So there is a, a story to kind of follow, but... Yeah, you can listen to them independently and still have a good time, hopefully. How do you measure success? Like, how do you know you're doing well or doing what you want to do or that kind of thing? I like to measure success with good feedback. So if we get, you know, good reviews, reviews that actually uh, mirror what we're trying to achieve throughout this, the season, throughout the episodes, then I think we've done a good job. And I think ultimately what we're aiming for, not numbers, but just people that understand what we're doing. I agree with that for the most part. I mean, I will add that it's a success if we're having fun. I don't mind if 10 people were listening or 10 million, as long as we're having fun with it, it's it's a success for us. So the couple in, in the show is they're obviously finding themselves and rekindling their relationship in new ways in the environment. Has the podcast had a similar effect on the two of you? Yeah, I'd say so. I think we spend a lot more time together now uh, just doing the podcast, rehearsing the podcast, writing together, uh, recording together. Hmm. And then Aaron will get feedback from me when he's editing, like, should I use this sound? Should I use this sound? Does this sound good? You know, so we're, we're doing it together and spending more time together than we would normally. Normally, we'd just be sat in front of the TV, brain dead, <laughs> not really talking, not really doing much together. So, yeah, I think it has rekindled a lot of yeah. It's been something Energy that's uh, it's been something that we were wanting to do for a while. So uh, I think it's done something good for our relationship. That's for sure. As you look back at this first episode, what do you think about it? I don't cringe uh, as, as, <laughs> I've, as I've heard some people do. 
I'm still very proud of it. I mean, in terms of production, I, I don't think it's our best. And I have learned uh, along the way to kind of improve that. But it, it's one of our stronger episodes, I think. It explains everything neatly. And it's funny as hell. I, I still go back and listen to it and I still laugh at it. And that's, um, I, shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't really say that, but it is funny. No, uh, so. I, I think you should laugh at your own jokes. I mean, if you, yeah. who, who else is going to, right? Um, exactly. The other thing I want to ask you about is, is you have been a big supporter of indie podcasting in general. Um, you know, I see you on Twitter all the time and, and you've, you've been a big cheerleader for me and I appreciate that. Um, no problem. You're amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> well, well, so why? Why do you feel so strongly about this community and, and giving support to indie podcasters and audio drama people? I think we need it. Um, I just think there's too much of a gap between those that kind of rule the roost and get sponsors and, and get all this attention from, from all the platforms and all the charts. I think that there's too much talent hidden underneath to just ignore it. And if I can showcase it, if I can listen, if I can support, if I can make someone's day with a review or even a like, then then I'll gladly go and do it because there are there's there's a much wider audience of people that need this kind of podcast. You know, you can't always listen to Joe Rogan. The man is <laughs> is talented, I'm sure. This is not sponsored by Joe Rogan at all. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, you need other things to listen to, and the variation and the quality is unbelievable nowadays. Do you have any advice for people who want to get into audio drama? Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, plan plan what you're going to write, plan script uh, beforehand. Just, yeah, have it have it all written down and, and practiced and rehearsed and then go for it. Record. You don't need professional equipment. You don't need anything fancy. We record on an iPad. Uh, we don't have any fancy mics or any fancy equipment. Uh, and that's all recorded through GarageBand on the iPad and pushed over to the laptop uh, where it's edited. So if you want to do it, just do it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, for me, I mean, I, I would say listen to how other people do it. Get a good idea of, of the feel of how other people do it. But, you know, Katie's right. Just Just take the plunge on it. If you have a good idea, if you have a good story, just get to it. Just run to it. Yeah, run for it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's <laughs> no shame in, in it not being listened to. <laughs> you know, people have a different measure of success of how these things go. You know, don't get too bogged down with that. So uh, what's next for you all? Well, just uh, continue on with, uh, with season two and writing. And hopefully after that season three, we'll just keep cracking on. I have some good ideas coming up for, for the rest of season two. I won't say anything about that just yet, but it's all about just having fun and doing what we do. For as long as we're having fun, we'll keep going. We'll have to make do without power if that happens. What about water? Scavenge it from the toilet. Ew. I've already started to. You just haven't noticed yet. Clean water being so scarce now, I'm double dipping just in case. The average cistern holds six litres of fluid, don't you know? And that's more than our current allowance. Fascinating, but ew. Did you not notice me flushing the toilet more often? Nothing more than usual. You've got the bladder the size of a field mouse. If you know the zombie apocalypse genre, you know that zombie stories are really about the survivors, not the mindless undead. Z1 is no exception to this rule, though it's more Shaun of the Dead than 28 Days Later. What distinguishes this audio drama is the genuine heart infused into its protagonists, as well as the astonishing number of jokes. If you've ever pondered how you would survive a zombie plague, but prefer snarky comments to brain-eating, 
Zed One is right up your alley. You can find the show on most major podcast platforms or see our show notes for links to their webpage. And if you use the hashtag audiodrama on Twitter enough, you're likely to run across them. Say hi. They're friendly. The first episode of is written and produced by W. Keith Timms. All opinions expressed in this show belong to the people who expressed them and not necessarily to anyone else. The theme song is Mockingbird by David Mumford. The show's webpage is thefirstepisodeof.com. If you're an audio drama creator and would like to be on the show, send an email to thefirstepisodeof at gmail.com. If you like down-to-earth sci-fi audio drama, check out my show, The Book of Constellations, wherever you get your podcasts. Keep telling stories. It's the only way we're going to get out of this mess. Until next time. I know you got questions about him. Where did he come from? How did he do all those things they say he did? Was he a terrorist? Was he crazy? Was his skin really blue? Well, I'll tell you what I know. I was there with him, driving through the back roads under the stars. I was witness to wonders and miracles, and to the darkness that's coursing through the veins of our country. He came to fight it in his own strange way, but no one leaves that fight unchanged. Not even Rael. People ought to know the truth. And I was there. The Book of Constellations is a down-to-earth sci-fi road trip. It's audio fiction, and you can find episodes at bookofconstellations.com or wherever you get your podcasts.